I know you're ready to hear the word, and bringing it today is our own Greg Madden. Come right on. He's a devoted member of this congregation. He has been teaching classes prior to the service at 9 a.m., and he'll have a new one starting up in April, on the first Sunday in April on the book of James and Jude, the brothers of Jesus. All right. Greg Madden. Praise God. I want to talk to you first about the class that Alan just mentioned. 9 a.m. adult Bible study. We're on break right now. We will pick back up April the 3rd. It's only a couple weeks away. We're going to be calling this class the early word. 9 a.m. on Sundays. It's a chance to dig in to God's word even before praise and worship. How many know the early bird gets the word? (laughs) You know, Jesus had four brothers, James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Two of those brothers wrote epistles, which later became books in the New Testament. One brother, James, most of you know. How many know who the other one is that wrote a book in the New Testament? The other brother of Jesus. Jude, Judas, or the book of Jude, right before Revelation. That's what we're going to be looking at in the early word class. We're going to study these books. We're going to look at the parallels, the similarities between the two books. We're going to look at the men. We're going to look at how they came to Christ, how and when. We're going to look at their role in the new church, their significance to the body of Christ, their contribution. So join us at 9 a.m. Sundays beginning April the 3rd, first Sunday in April. All of you are welcome. Make the choice to get here early, to spend that time in the Word. You will be blessed because of it. And uh, the message today we're going to get right on with. Pastor Allen has been teaching on Hebrews for quite some time now, a number of weeks. Many times during this message, I've heard the term Christ is greater. And as I was putting this together, that's the only title that I could come up with for this message today, Christ is greater. You know, he overcame, he speaks to us, and uh, we're just going to look today at everything that Christ has done for us, for the body, His body. Amen? Are you glad to be a part of His body? He is the head, we are the body. Each member doing their share. You know, it's a choice. It's a choice to come to God. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That was a choice. God made a choice to give His only begotten Son, didn't He? Did He make that choice for us? That's a sacrifice, isn't it? Jesus made the choice to follow God's plan. Did Jesus have a choice? Absolutely He did. You know, it tells us in Scripture He could have called 12 legions of angels to deliver Him, but He didn't, did it? No. He went through what He had to go through for us. You can see His... I'm going to say, you can see his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. You can see his struggle in the Garden of Gethsemane with that decision. But ultimately, he chose to follow the will of God. Amen? Jesus said, on my own, I do nothing. On my own, I do nothing. And and, uh, we have to make that choice to serve God and God alone. We have to make that choice personally for ourselves. To serve God over and above this world. We have to make that choice to serve Him sometimes contrary to our own desires. Is that right? James says each one is tempted when he is led away by his own desires. We have to follow God over and above our own desires. If we want to do His will, if we want to be effective for the kingdom if we want to be effective for our church body for the body 
of Christ. And uh, choices. We all have choices, don't we? I'll try to find something for you here real quick, but we all have choices. Let's think about that for a minute. Every week, as Alan's been teaching in Hebrews, he has uh, read the first few verses almost every week, maybe not every week, but he has started with those first few verses because, you know, they are what Hebrews is about. And they show us who Christ is and what he's done for us. And we're going to start there in a minute. First, we're going to talk about choices just a little bit. A couple of years ago, maybe, time gets away from me, but I, the Lord laid a poem on my heart. You know how I knew it was God? Because it just came in about five minutes. You know, my brain can't do that. His can. But this is about choices. This is about the choice we make when we decide to follow Him. So if you bear with me, this sets the tone for this message today. It's called One Man's Walk. The path has been laid before Him. The choice is in his hand. He can choose to live for himself or will he choose God's plan? The walk isn't always easy, no matter what he decides. But life with God beside him will always change the tide. No longer is he led away by his own desire and enticed. Life has purpose and meaning now. It's not just a roll of the dice. For each word he is responsible, and every thought will count. But those rules are not a burden as the challenge begins to mount. With Jesus as his Savior, and also as his Lord, the word of God beside him is sharper than any sword. The troubles are not absent, but still as real as before. The results for him are clear God's love has opened the door. He now seeks first the kingdom, not after fortune or fame. For eternity he will know peace in the book of life is his name. Amen? The struggles are still as real as before. But we have a body to help us with that, don't we? We have a body. And it's his body, amen? We're going to talk about that today. As promised, Hebrews 1, we're going to read these first few verses and talk about them quickly. And uh, talk. we're going to move on from there and look at some other scripture. So as we turn away from Hebrews 1, if you're following in your Bible, you might want to mark your page when we turn away. And uh, thank you, Kaylee. She's going to have this stuff on the screen for you. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. Who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels. As he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. So we're going to keep in mind these verses. We're going to keep in mind as we move on what Christ has done for us, what he is doing for us, and what he will do for us. Is Christ coming back for his church? Amen. Amen. If you believe that by faith today, then you're in the right place. We, uh, we're first going to look at the truth of who Christ is. In these powerful opening verses. Hebrews is just an awesome book. Are y'all getting a lot out of that? With Pastor Allen teaching week after week. Awesome book. Remember today that Christ Jesus is our focus. So let's read verses 1 and 2 with that in mind. 
God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Who is his son? Jesus, Jesus Christ. That raises a question. I've actually been asked this question before. Was Jesus a prophet? He spoke in time past by the prophets. Today, now, he speaks by his son. So you don't have to answer that. Let's just go to scripture. We're going to answer it with scripture. How's that? <clears throat> we can uh, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 6 if you're following in your Bible. When Jesus returned to Nazareth from Capernaum, Scripture tells us something really interesting. We're going to read in Mark chapter 6. We're going to read the first four verses. If you're there, say amen. amen. It's talking about Jesus. said, then he, Jesus, went out from there and came to his own country, which would be Nazareth, wouldn't it? And his disciples followed him. When the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And catch this last line in verse 3. So they were offended at him. They were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own The closest to Jesus who knew him, they saw him grow up. They knew his family. You know, they saw these powerful miracles that he was performing. They were astonished at his teaching and his wisdom. Scripture tells us right there. Yet verse 3 says they were offended at him. So let's read verse 5. <clears throat> now he, Jesus... Christ, the Savior of the world, could do no mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. God wanted to do more through him, didn't he? Offense can keep us from the big things of God. Carrying around offense can cripple what God wants to do through you. It can keep us from walking in the mighty works that he has for us every day. How many want that to happen in your life? We, we can't carry offense if we want the mighty works in our life. And, uh, you know, these people were looking down on Jesus because they knew his past. They knew his history. They had grown up with him. You know, maybe some of us have been in this church a long time, a lot of you longer than I have. You know, we get to know each other. But I'm going to tell you something. Never underestimate the body of Christ that God has placed you in. Never underestimate that person sitting right next door to you. Sitting right behind you. The person that you're in men's group with. Never underestimate them. Because God may want to use them to bless you. Or he may want to use you to reach them. And we need those blessings both ways, don't we? Amen? Never underestimate the body of Christ that God has placed you in. Look at verse 6. And he, Jesus, marveled because of their unbelief. Jesus himself couldn't believe it. They saw the miracles. They heard the teaching. They were astonished at the wisdom. But yet they were offended. And it caused unbelief it caused Jesus to not be able to do the mighty works that God wanted to do through him 
So if carrying around a fence, if unbelief can cripple Jesus Christ from doing the work God wants him to do, how bad is it going to hurt us? Amen? We don't want that in our lives, do we? We have to look at it like this. You know, we need each other. It don't matter how long you've known someone or not known someone. If they're part of your body of Christ, then uh, we need each other. You know, I'm blessed to be able to come to you today to bring this word. And uh, I didn't look at what time I started. So. <laughs> I'll be through sometime. We... Uh, I'm blessed to preach today, but we need each other. You know, without Ephraim up there in the sound booth helping me get this microphone set up and getting the squeak out of me early on there, y'all wouldn't be able to hear me, would you? Without Kaylee, you wouldn't have any screen up there to look at. Without Pastor Allen recording this, putting it out there, this message would go no farther than this little group right here which is still awesome, but with Pastor Allen, it's going out even farther. Amen? The seeds are going forth. And you know, without you, without all of you here today, I'd be preaching to an empty room, preaching to myself, which is okay. I do that sometimes, but that's not what's supposed to happen today. Amen? That's not the will of God for this word today. If you're here today, it's for a reason. If you're here today, if you hear my voice, you're here for a reason. I firmly believe that. With you, I know that God's word will not return void. I just pray and believe that it will return and accomplish in your life what God sets out for it to accomplish. There will be no offense. There will be no flesh getting in the way. Let's think back to Hebrews chapter 1 in answer to our question, you know, was Jesus a prophet? Let's turn to Mark chapter 6. We're already there, aren't we? Let's look at verse 4 again. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. Sounds like Jesus is referring to himself as a prophet, doesn't he? Does that help us get closer to our answer? But remember the name of this message. Jesus is great. Christ is great. What Jesus says here, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. That goes beyond prophet. It works in all forms of ministry. Now, I came to life, excuse me, I came to Christ later in life than a lot of people. You know, I had worked in the same place for 20 years at the time I came to Christ. And those people knew me. They knew me. And, uh, you know, they, we have to let go of our past we can't carry our past around. We have to let go of other people's past too. Did you know that? You know, I started uh, <clears throat> ministering to people. The Lord called me to a jail ministry, a prison ministry early on. And the guys I worked with, they're like, yeah, right. Who does he think he is? Last week he was standing over here drinking a beer and telling dirty jokes with me. Time goes by, we have to continue to walk our godly example or we're going to be a bad witness, aren't we? We have to walk in what God has called us to and eventually people start to see, hey, that wasn't a flash in the pan, that's here to stay. Amen? And what we can't forget along the way is that God's power, mercy, forgiveness, and grace, they're available to every one of us. Not just me, not just you. They're available to all of us. So don't forget that person next to you, even though you've known them, even though you know how they used to be, guess what? The Lord could be using them in a mighty way. 
He could be using them combined with you. He could be wanting to put you all together for a purpose. We can't count people out because of their past just like we can't carry our own past around. God can use anyone. He may be wanting to reach you today through the person next to you. Don't just assume someone is not who they appear to be because of their past. Let it go. You know, it could cause you to miss an opportunity, a blessing, in both directions. God may want to bless you or have someone bless you, and it can't happen if you're carrying around a fence for something that happened or if you're hanging on to something that you think is a part of that person because the old man is gone when we come to Christ. Amen? We all have that. We all have that ability. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's not just for me. It's for everyone. So in verse 4, these people in Jesus' hometown, they dishonored Him, didn't they? They were offended by Him, and Jesus referred to Himself as a prophet as if He was operating in that at that time. Five and six, he marveled at their unbelief. Their unbelief, their offense was so great that it hindered God. Let's not be like that. Let's move on. Let's see, uh, aside from Jesus' hometown, did others out there see Jesus as a prophet? Jesus is referring to himself as a prophet. Did others see Jesus is a prophet in the word. Greg shaking his head, yes. So uh, <clears throat> let's look Matthew 21. We're not there yet, are we? Now we're there. Matthew 21. We're looking at a lot of scripture today. How do you feel about that? Love God's word, amen? So Matthew 21 we're going to preface this, and we need to know that this passage here is so much deeper than we have time for today. Read it this week if you want to catch up on it. We're going to touch on some things that go with this message today. This is not an all-inclusive study of this particular passage. Matthew 21, Jesus, we're going to preface and lead up to it, Jesus is speaking before the multitudes as well as the chief priests in this chapter and the Pharisees. He's telling them in verse 31 that tax collectors and harlots will enter the kingdom of God before you do. This is Jesus Christ talking to the chief priests, the Pharisees. Do they take that well? In verse 43, Jesus goes on to tell them, plain and simple, the kingdom of God will be taken from you. Man, no one wants to hear Jesus say that, do they? That's why we're here today. That's why we're in the Word. Let's look at their anger in verse, we're in Matthew 21, verse 45 and 46. Let's look at their response to the things we just talked about. Now when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. They feared the multitudes because they took Jesus for a prophet. Think about that. These guys are trying to hurt Jesus. But they still respect him more than those from his hometown. They took him for a prophet. The ones in his hometown didn't even get that far. You know, they were offended by him also, but they respected him more than those he grew up with. Can you see that from this scripture here? Let's look further into this. Let's look at some who were not offended and see what comes from that. You want to? 
What about those who received Jesus' words as he worked in prophecy? Did Jesus work in prophecy? Did you see him prophesy through the scriptures? Well, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because it'd be easy to shout right now. Turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. I promised you a lot of scripture. We're coming in the middle of a story here. You know the story. Jesus' disciples had gone to the city to buy food as Jesus sat by the well. Do you know the story? Wait a minute. Can I ask you a question? Jesus sent the disciples into town to buy food. Why didn't he just find somebody with a sandwich and multiply it and feed his disciples and everybody around him? He did it other times, didn't he? Why didn't he do that here? It wasn't the will of the Father, was it, Winnie? He only did what his Father told him to. That wasn't what needed to be done here. It was not the will of God in this particular case. You know, sometimes we see something and the next time we think, well, that's what God wants me to do. Not always. We need to listen to his voice, don't we? We need to hear him in every situation and not assume. I'm not going to go into what that means. but Because that was not the will of God in this particular case. Why wasn't it? Because Jesus needed to be right where he was at. Without. His disciples. Amen? He was here alone as a Samaritan woman came to the well. He began to minister to her about living water. Again, we're not covering every verse in this, so feel free to review this week and refresh yourself on it. We're covering what pertains to our study. He began to minister to this woman, this Samaritan woman, about... Living water, and it got her curious, didn't it? It got her really curious. So we're going to pick up John chapter 4, verse 15 through 18. The woman said to Jesus, Sir, she said, Give me this water that I may not thirst, nor will I have to come here and draw. That would make her life easier, wouldn't it? Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered. She said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband for you. Have had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. It's hard to get those words out sometimes because we can't hide from God, can we? We can't hide from God. Jesus said, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. You think? Jesus read her mail, didn't he? He knew more about her than she did. We have to think a minute. <clears throat> think about this day, this time. We have to realize that this woman didn't go out around advertising her history, her relationships with men, did she? Not in this day and time. Remember what happened to the adulterous woman? Yeah, this woman didn't go around talking about it. But yet Jesus knew it all. Hidden things will be revealed. It will come to the light. So look at her response right here. This woman, I'm getting ahead of myself again. Let's just read 25 and 26. The woman said to Jesus, pick up on this, I know that Messiah is coming. Who is called Christ? When he comes, he will tell us all things. She's picking up on something here, isn't she? Is she taking offense? She's not. Is she trying to 
downplay his role by bringing up where he was raised and rationalize things? No, she's not. Absolutely not. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Verse 26, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. I who speak to you am he. You know, there's a lot of occasions in the Bible, John 21 and different places, where Jesus was right in front of someone and they didn't recognize him. You know, the gardener when he was on the beach. What if you heard those words? I who speak to you am he. It's important that we always do our best to follow the will of God because we don't, we don't know. We may entertain angels. We may be in the presence of Jesus Christ himself. Amen? So look at her response. She's getting it. Do you see the difference between her attitude and the attitude of those from Jesus' hometown? Do you see a difference here? So you think that's going to bring different fruits into her life? What happened with the people from the hometown? Jesus could do no mighty works there. Not many mighty works there, he said. So let's see what happens with her. Because she accepts Jesus for who he is in the present. She doesn't try to rationalize. She doesn't bring up the past. I'm going to say this. She's looking at Jesus the same way that Jesus is looking at her. Jesus is looking at her from here forward. He's not condemning her, is he? Neither is she trying to rationalize him. You know, they're looking at each other with excitement and hope for the future of her ministry. Does Jesus want us to succeed in ministry? Amen. And she is getting that. You know, he doesn't condemn her. She doesn't become offended. So we're going to see what happens, what comes from that. But first, guess who's coming back? The disciples. They're wandering back up, aren't they? Verse 27, and at this point his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman, yet no one said, what do you seek? This is Jesus' disciples. No one said, why are you talking with this woman? His disciples didn't ask those questions, did they? They didn't question him. I want you to think about a certain event where Jesus was asked, to eat in the house of a Pharisee named Simon. And the woman came in and started anointing his feet with oil. And the Pharisee Simon thought to himself, Scripture says, if he knew what type of woman this was who was touching him, he wouldn't be allowing that. Disciples didn't go anywhere near that, did they? No. Uh-uh. They knew Jesus, respected Jesus, they loved Jesus, and they're, they're not going to try to make it wrong. Amen? They're not going to be offended by him being with this woman. Yet, no one said, what do you seek? No one said, why are you talking with her? They trusted their Savior, didn't they? Do you trust your Savior today? You trust him enough to follow him no matter what? That's where we need to be. You know, the disciples knew Jesus. They had known him for, you know, during the public ministry, three years. They hadn't known him since birth or anything, but they learned. They followed rather than question in this case. Therefore, they were not hindered in what they could do for the kingdom. Were they? What are we reading? 
What are we reading right here? We're reading what they wrote 2,000 plus years later. Because they weren't offended. They allowed Jesus to work through them. And there's mighty, mighty works that come as a result of that. Is this a mighty work? Could you imagine being a part of this? Being a part of this? Because you allowed Jesus to work through you. Don't limit what Jesus can do through you. Don't limit what he can do through others. So let's read on what came of this woman. This woman who did not limit Jesus. Let's see. Verse 28 through 30. The woman left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man. Come see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Could it? Absolutely it could. Then they went out of the city and came to him, to Jesus. These men went out of the city and came to Jesus. All of these men went out of the city and headed for him because of what this woman said, right? But we're going to look closer here in a minute. You know, she, uh, she followed through by faith. She spread the word to others. How did they receive it? Let's move up here to verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him. They believed in Jesus because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. Is our testimony powerful? Our testimony can reach people, can it? Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him. Remember, these are not religious Jews. These are not even believers yet. These are Gentiles. Are we Gentiles, most of us? These are Gentiles, yet they believed. They were less skeptical of this woman than the Jewish religious leaders would have been. Can you see that? At least some of them were. We need to look closer, don't we? 40 to 42. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. 41, I'm sorry, 42. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, Look at that. Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Not only did they not believe her, they had to tell her about it, didn't they? You know, there's two groups here. Look at that. Two groups here. Group one accepted her testimony and accepted her as a believer as part of Christ's body. They embraced her as a fellow sister. They joined with her. Did that happen here with the first group? Many, 39, many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman. Verse 42 brings us to group 2. Now we believe not because of what you said. So group 1 believed because of the testimony they saw. Because of the word of the woman. Group 2 did not. They wouldn't let themselves see her part in their coming to Christ. Why? They wouldn't have even gone to Jesus if, if she hadn't have went and told them. 
They left Samaria and went to Jesus because of her word. Whether they wanted to admit it or not, they didn't want to admit it, did they? You think they saw themselves as maybe a little better because they knew her past? You think they knew a little bit about her? They wouldn't have even been in the presence of Jesus without her. Don't be afraid to admit who God uses to reach you. Don't be afraid. That's where blessings come from. That's when God can use us as brothers and sisters together powerfully. The truth is we need each other whether we see it, whether we acknowledge it or not. That's the difference between group one and group two. Can you see that? Can you see that difference there? Group one received her. Group two still saw her for who she was in her past before she met Jesus. We all have a past. You know this woman, she came to the well. No, I didn't bring loaves and fishes. This woman came to the well. Does anybody know what this is? It's an empty vessel. This woman came to the well. She was drained. She was empty. You know, her life had taken a toll on her, hadn't it? Do you think, do you believe that today? Have you ever been there before you met Jesus? Sometimes even after we meet Jesus. We can, we can become drained. You know, we can become weak. We try to fill a void in our life with whatever we may fill it with. Sex, drugs, alcohol, you know the, you know the whole gamut. You know, none of it works, does it? Money? Does money work? If you just have enough of it, no, it just gets more and more miserable the whole way, doesn't it? Because you realize that that's not the answer. And you become weak. You're drained. Everything's been taken out of you. You can be easily crushed, can't you? It can just overcome you. And overtake you. And this Samaritan woman was there. It's easy to get there without Jesus. Even with Jesus. We have to keep ourselves full. We'll see in, in the adult Bible study. You know, Jude says, keep yourselves built up in the love of God. So she met Jesus. She became full. Now she's walking around by herself indestructible. Is that right? No. You know, these things, I fill vending machines every day, Coke machines, snack machines, every day for 15 years. Trust me, these things are fragile. How often do I drop one? Not near as often as I used to. You can drop them. They can roll off. When you're filling a machine, you can touch one little tiny sharp piece of metal and you got a shower. Usually it happens first thing in the morning, you know. <laughs> so these things are fragile. I mean, I bet I could crush it right now. Y'all don't run. <laughs> but think about that. You know, even though she became filled with Jesus, she was completely full in that moment. She was strong, but she was still vulnerable, wasn't she? She was still vulnerable. She had Jesus. She perceived he was a prophet. She knew by faith that he was more than that. She received the truth that he was the Messiah. Yet, alone, she could lose that real quick. Even the filled vessel can be easily damaged. It, it can't stand up to much. What if I was to stand on that? I don't want to know. <laughs> but when we join a body and we come together and we stand, it can support anything that comes at us. Amen? Us together, 
bonded as one. His bond. We can withstand. Amen. We are stronger than we could ever be by ourselves when we come together. Christ did that. You know that? Christ did that. Christ made it where we have a body, where we're not alone. Where we're part of His body. You know, that's where our real strength comes from. When we become filled, we don't need to be Lone Ranger Christians, do we? We're not going to do very well most times. But with our brothers and sisters, bound together, we can handle a whole lot more together than any one of us could on our own. Is that true? You know, uh, look right here in this scripture. Jesus asked her a question. Verse 12, before we turn away. Are you greater than our father Jacob? She asked Jesus that think she got her answer? Jesus is greater than Jacob. Jesus is greater than all the prophets combined. He is the fulfillment of prophecy. Amen? No, I believe she got her answer. Jesus is greater, thinking of Hebrew chapter 1, so much better than the angels, it says in those verses. Greater than the prophets. He brought us a better covenant. He brought us the body to strengthen us. Jesus is heir of all things. The worlds were made through him. Yet he provided a way that we can speak to the Father through him, through the Holy Spirit. Do you know that today? Are you glad of that today? It's pretty amazing. I couldn't make it without it. I couldn't make it without it. He made relationship with the Father possible for us. Let's look one more place. Matthew, Matthew 16. I think I lost the clock, brother. We'll finish this up pretty quick. Matthew 16. 13 through 14. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Again, men see Jesus as a prophet. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The woman got that. Peter got that. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Men see a prophet, the body of Christ, sees one greater than all prophets combined. The body of Christ sees Jesus as the fulfillment of prophecy. The body sees revealed knowledge of who he is. Is that what happened with Peter right here? Revealed knowledge of who he is. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven, as part of his body, as part of Jesus' plan, we can hear from the Father. We can receive from the Father. Amen? He is the head, we are the body. Jesus is still talking to Peter, verse 18 and 19, and also I say... To you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The New Testament church is built on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus Christ. Through that, we have communication with the Father because of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. We are His church. Are you glad of that today? We are strong together in Christ. When times seem tough, wow, times seem tough. Inflation is just crazy. Aren't you glad it's not that way today? Inflation is crazy. It's high. Businesses are struggling every day to find help to keep the doors open. They can't find employees. Gas prices, do we even want to talk about that? It's ridiculous. I'm getting more so every day. I'm not going to tell you what it takes to fill my truck up. You know, kids, they're violent toward one another. They're violent towards their teachers. The question isn't if there will be a shooting in the news today. It's how many. You know, I want you to know one thing. No matter how dark it looks, look at the words of Jesus in verse 18. Red letters, folks. Look at his words. Jesus says it plain and clear. I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. No matter what we see going on out there, the church is stronger. The church is stronger. Can we grasp that together today? We are the church. We are His body. Together in Him, we withstand the gates of Hades. We withstand anything that comes at us. This crazy world will not overtake His church. If you believe that today, stand with me. If you can, if you believe that today, if you got something out of this message, if you believe that Christ is greater, then just stand with me for